to say that I want to speak to you this morning um, about the love of God. And um, if you open your Bibles to um, Acts chapter 8, the first thing I want you to see um, in that chapter is that his love searches. As you know, we, 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 we read something um, earlier on and, and, and we read about this man, this Ethiopian eunuch. Did you notice where he was? Look what it says. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Go down to the desert road. Doesn't sound very populated, this desert road. And it seems to me that God wanted to send a messenger to one man on a road in the middle of a desert. And it seems it surprises me sometimes. Why is God so interested in men and women? Why is he so interested in one man? This man has come from Jerusalem. He's going down to Gaza. He's on a desert road. Why is God interested in men? And as I was thinking that, I I opened the Bible to Psalm 139. and, and, And it says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed... In the depths, you are there. If I rise rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me. Get it right. If I said the darkness will hide me and the light and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. When I read that, I thought, wow, where can we go? How can we hide? God is so interested in you and me. Whether we're on a desert road somewhere, whether we're in the middle of a church, whether we're in a crowd in the central London, wherever we may be, it's amazing that God is so interested in you and in me. Why? That's the question, is it? Why? Let me give you two reasons why he's so interested in you. He's interested in you because he created you and because he loves you. Do you know there was a time that you never existed? There was a time that you never was around. A hundred years ago, you weren't, never, you weren't even around. You, you, there was not even a thought of you. But the Bible tells me that God had you in his mind. Look what the Bible says. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Never mind a hundred years ago when you and your parents were, you know, not even around themselves. Not 
even before the creation of the world. The Bible says God had you in his mind. He was thinking about you. And then the time came when you were formed. Now we got some people here this morning who are having babies. Um, and Craig and Madalena, um, they're, they're having their first child being born this year in a few, few weeks' time. Some of the older guys here are being grandparents. First grandparents are around in the house. And, and now you look around at your daughter and, and, and she's giving birth. And we just had um, Michael and Kira had a baby only a few weeks ago. You know how amazing it is for a baby to be formed inside a womb? Even the scientists are still baffled about the bones being formed, amazed about the eyes being formed. But look what the Bible says in God's word. For you, that is God, you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's... I love that. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Then he goes on to say, my frame was not hidden from you. When when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depth of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is the word of God saying that you were in his mind. You were in his heart. You were loved by him even before you were even born. Isn't that amazing? Like God's love stretches so far, so fast, that a psalmist has to say, it's too wonderful for me to even think about. That is why an angel spoke to Philip and said to Philip, Philip, go down that road. It's a desert road. No one hardly travels on it, but there's a person on that road that I need you to speak to. There's a person on that road that I love. There's a person on that road that I've been chasing and I've been watching and I've created, I've been thinking about him even before the world was created. There's a person on that road, Philip, and I want you to go to him. The love of God chased that man down. I want to say to you this morning that God's love is no different this morning. His love continues to follow you. I love what the psalmist said. We all love Psalm 23. The psalmist says, that he writes, he says, Surely goodness and mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. I want to tell you this morning, whether you're a Christian here today or not, God loves you so much that his love is after you. Even before you thought about him, he was thinking about you. Even while you couldn't think about anything, when you were even created, he already had you in his heart and mind. All the days, said the psalmist, that was ordained for me has already been written down. This is no surprise for God. This Sunday morning at Goldings in Loughton, this is no surprise. Might be a surprise for you. But God drew you with cords of love. His love searches. The second thing I want to say about God's love is this. His love provides. It was God's love that placed the word of God in this man's hands. 
Philip comes down the road, and when Philip ran up to the chariot, he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you were reading? Now, this man could be doing lots of things. I mean, he's on the road, he's going home. You know, he could have been singing. He could have been eating. He could have been sleeping. All three things I love to do. I do them every day. But he could have been doing any one of these things. Singing, sleeping, resting. But instead of doing any of these things, the Bible says he was reading. That's what he was doing. And he wasn't just reading any book. In his hand, he had the Old Testament in his hands. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. God loved this man so much that God wants to make sure that he put something in this man's hands. Not anything. God wanted to put his word into the man's hands. I heard a testimony about two weeks ago about a prostitute. This prostitute got pregnant. And when she got pregnant, the... um, People who owned this prostitute was very unhappy about it. And so they tried to kill the baby. They fed her with drugs and they gave her alcohol. They did things to the woman that I wouldn't even mention in public in order to try to kill this little baby boy that she was carrying. This baby boy was born two months premature. And then he was abandoned. And as he grew up, he had a stutter. He had learning difficulties. He was so poor, so badly, that when he was 10 years old, he said, this is his testimony, he said that he wished he would die at 10 years of age. They took him and they put him in a dysfunctional unit with other children who were dysfunctional like him. But while he was there, he said a woman came in, a teacher came in, and when she came in, she came in with a Gideon Bible. And with this Gideon Bible, she placed it in this little boy's hand. And he began to read, and try to read, and try to understand this Gideon Bible. And when I was listening to his testimony, he said, I am that boy. I'm now preaching the word of God. I'm serving the Lord. That was my beginning. But because somebody put the word of God in my hand, because somebody took time to speak to me about Jesus Christ, because somebody cared enough to share Christ, I am now the man I am preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. The love of God provides the word of God in the hands of men and women. And if you listen to the testimony, I didn't know what's going on in the testimony. You listen to the testimony from Sandra right through to John. The word of God was placed in their hands. Somebody with an old man doing a Christianity Explore course. Or some guy getting up in a a, a meeting sharing. Whatever it was, it was the word of God that was placed in the hands of somebody. Sadly, you know, sadly, when a person or a nation rejects God, he removes his word as a punishment. Let me say that again. Sadly, when a person or a nation 
rejects God. He removes his word as a punishment. Look what the Bible says. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Here is God's punishment. God withdraws his word from people. You know, we used to live in a nation where churches were busy on a Sunday morning. But now, churches are filled with weak men and foolish women in the pulpit trying to proclaim the word of God. And the church is empty. Sometimes, churches can be the most driest, boringest places to be on a Sunday morning. That's why they're empty. They're turning into nightclubs. They're turning into houses. They're being shut down and bulldozers. Why? Because churches have rejected God himself. And God said, okay. You want to reject me. You want to ignore me. You want to do it your way. I will take my word away. You know the um, great evangelist Billy Graham died this week. I want to tell you, I, I, I was a fan of Billy Graham. And when I've been going on YouTube and listening to some of these sermons... Millions, I was told over 200 million people heard the gospel. Maybe more. But one minute he turned around and he's on the pulpit and he, he said, hold your Bibles. And there was a sea of Bible. People had their Bibles. There was a Bible. There was, there, was, there was such a hunger for God's word back then that so many people wanted to come to know Christ. I want to tell you that today there's no hunger for God's word. In the UK. I want to tell you today, this morning, people much rather, much rather do other things. Much rather be, be watching some crazy rubbish like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I mean, you don't need your brain to think, right? You don't need your brain to think about that program. But there you go. High time TV. People rather watch that. And then to think about the things of God. We live in a day where people have rejected God. And God said, okay, you want to reject me? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to withhold my word. You won't find many preachers preaching like this on a Sunday morning. You won't find many churches gathered around the word of God like this on a Sunday morning. Why? Because God has withdrawn his word. Because people say, I want to do it my way and not God's way. And God said, okay, you carry on. But my word, I'm going to keep to myself. Look what the Bible says. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear his word, if you know that Jesus Christ is real, he's rose from the dead, he's a living, gracious, loving God who's seeking after me. If you heard his word, do not harden your heart. I'm telling you, if you harden your heart again and again and again, one day you won't even hear the word of God any longer. It will be taken away from you. 
and you will ask for a word from the Lord and there won't be a word anywhere to comfort you, to encourage you, to strengthen you in your life. He, his love provides. He searches, his love provides, but also his love is displayed. It was the love of God that was displayed. This man was reading from Isaiah. What was he reading? Let's read what he was reading. Here we go. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked, who is the prophet speaking about? That is what he was reading. Now, those of you who know, we are approaching Easter. And and if you, in the next four weeks, um, 1st of April is Easter. We'll be celebrating Easter here throughout the next few weeks, talking about this. Because we know that Jesus Christ was called the Lamb of God. We know that. And when the, when the prophet says, like a lamb that was silent, let's go back one slide, um, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. We look in the New Testament, and Jesus has been with Pilate, and Pilate has been spitting on him and slapping him and, and hurting him, and, and then he said, look, send him to Herod. And so they took Jesus, dragged him off to Herod. And as he stood before Herod, we read these words. Herod, he piled him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. Jesus was silent. And Jesus could turn around and say, hold on, guys. Let me, just, let me just do a miracle right in your face. And you can show you who I am. Let me just show you something that will blow you away. And, and they will bow down and worship him. But the Bible says that he did not open his mouth. He was totally, completely silent. And after that, Herod was so angry, he sent him back to Pilate. And then we hear the story. And you might be able to see him in your mind's eye. Here he is carrying that cross. Here he is being laid down in that place called Golgotha. They laid him out, stretched him out, and with nails, hammered those nails into his body. So it pinned him on this cross. And there he was slaughtered like a lamb. Exposed to die. The Bible turns around and says, you know what? God says, yeah, I love you. I loved you before you were even born. I love you and your parents. I love the the whole lot of you. You was in my mind long before you became to be. Not only that, I love you so much that I'm giving you my word. That's why you're in church this Sunday morning. That's why you haven't got some kind of weak person giving you a nice little story, but you've got the word of God being proclaimed to you this morning. 
I love you, for I'm giving you my word. But God said that is not enough. I'm going to demonstrate my love for you. It's not enough just to love you before you were. It's not enough just to love you and give you my word. No, the Bible turns around and says this. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how I'm going to demonstrate my love for you. I'm going to show you that I love. I'm not going to tell you about my love. I'm not going to speak to you about my love. I'm going to display my love on the cross. And even historians, people who hate the Bible, will have to turn around and say, that death is recorded in history. It's not make-believe. It's recorded and Jesus Christ died. We've got a call to go outside. And Jesus Christ died to demonstrate his wonderful love for you and for me. That is what the Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch was reading. Okay, what wonderful love. So, as I close, what was his response? we read in the scriptures that he said this the spirit said if you believe with all your heart you may he asked the question why can't I be baptized he asked the question wow if Jesus loved me so much that he sent you to me on this desert road I mean there's no one around and you come running up and, and, you, and, you, and you explain to me what he'd done and the cross and the death if he loved me so much he says why can't I be baptized What must I do? And he responded with obedience. And so Philip turned around and said, well, you know, you can be baptized. But listen, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In that statement, this man was declaring That Jesus Christ is no ordinary man. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just someone you should respect. He's not just someone that you should give lip service to. You know what people do? They give lip service to Jesus. Not something that you you do when you just come into the church and you cross yourself because you think that's a holy thing to do. I'm in church. No, no, no. This Jesus Christ is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is someone to be obeyed. He is someone to be honoured. He is someone to be respected. He is someone to be held up really high. He is someone to say, I become, you become Lord of my life. I am your servant. If you've been following my sermons throughout this week, I will talk, go further and I will say this. I am your slave. I used to be a slave to sin. No more. I'm not obeying sin anymore. No, 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 no. I'm obeying you, oh God. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Philip said to the Ethiopian eunuch, if you believe, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Equal with God. Co 
co-equal with him. In him dwells the fullness of God bodily. I believe in Christ. My dear friends, you heard me speaking about the love of God. My dear friends, you need to respond to that love. No point in just turning around and saying, oh, what a great sermon. You know, the guy spoke about the love of God. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad. I like what Charlotte said in her testimony. Really powerful. Thank you for saying that, Charlotte. One-way traffic. Oh, God, you give to me as much as you want, but you know what? I'm not responding at all. That is what men and women do in our day. One-way traffic all the time. But no, the reason why God demonstrates his love is that you might respond to his love. My dear friends, are you challenged this morning? Do you come to church just to witness a, a baptism and to say, that's nice, well done. Let's go to the pub afterwards and celebrate. No, 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 no. Are you going to respond to that love? Of God. I was sitting there listening to Billy Graham preach. After he finished preaching, he said, Come forward to this crowd of people. And you know what? It sent tingled down my whole body when I saw large numbers of people all coming down from the football stands, all responding, all saying, It's not good enough for me to sit in my chair and to nod and to agree. No, I want to respond to the call of God in my life. And today, the word of God says, if you hear his voice, my dear friends, do not harden your heart. I think, I really believe some of you have been hearing his voice for many, many weeks, many, many months. And you've been hardening and hardening your heart. This morning, he's calling you. Can I say a word to the Christians here? I know we've got many Christians here today. This love of God it's meant to cause you to love him more. None of this lukewarm business. Oh, we've all been there, haven't we? We started off loving God, but then we became lukewarm. You know, we started reading the word, and then we become, I don't want to do that anymore. We become lukewarm. I'm telling you, to the believers here today, this love of God that you heard me preaching about, that knows you, that searches for you, that displays its love for you, this wonderful love, I want to tell you, demands you to live for him more than what you do today. May you respond to that love by saying, oh God, thank you. I don't deserve it. People sing amazing grace, they forget what it really means in the first words. Amazing grace, how sweet it sounds. That saved a wretch like me. Oh God, I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Your grace, oh God, causes me to respond to you in obedience and in love. Let's pray together.